Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, on which I today have Andy, Andy Champion, who is the general manager at Highspot EMEA and ANZ, I have to say. So um, you'll probably have to to fly every now and then, Andy. So welcome to the show. Could you please introduce yourself? Elias, hello. Yes, delighted to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Um, so as you said, my responsibilities at, at Highspot, uh, I look after our business in EMEA and Australia and New Zealand. Um, so yes, I do have to fly every now and then. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. um, my badge of shame from last year was that I was the most traveled person in the company. But there we go. A um, little bit about me, uh, which may help with some of the context to some of the thoughts and, and topics I'm sure we will discuss. Um, so I'm a, a 25-year-old, a 25-year veteran, excuse me, leading uh, go-to-market leadership teams uh, for technology companies, typically US-based technologies. Um, and I've been doing that um, uh, particularly in the marketing and the sales technology space. In fact, probably 20 plus years of those have been uh, spent partnering with uh, marketers uh, and sales leaders uh, across EMEA. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with some really fantastic um, colleagues uh, and some fantastic brands, large and small uh, companies like HSBC, Unilever, Lufthansa, Siemens, um, NTT, and and uh, and somebody at the, or a company I know you know well is L'Oreal. Mm-hmm. So I've had you know quite a lot of experience across different verticals. Uh, my focus has been broadly Europe, the Middle East, and Africa for the vast majority. Uh, but most recently, uh, as uh, we mentioned at the start, I've also started to uh, to lead teams in Australia and New Zealand. With Highspot. So for the listeners that don't know Highspot, what do you guys do? So in a nutshell, we help companies drive revenue. Um, uh, Specifically, we are focused on accelerating and increasing uh, the revenue performance of salespeople. Uh, We help drive alignment between sales and marketing functions. And I'm sure that's uh, an area that we'll dig into in some detail today. Certainly, close alignment has been uh, a pattern throughout all the fantastic companies that I've worked for and with. Uh, and importantly for the topic and, and and for your listeners, we also help reduce the costs uh, associated with the management of, of marketing content. So uh, hopefully uh, what we do is is highly relevant to, uh, to those folks listening online today. Absolutely. So um, you already uh, hinted a little to, to this, but we're going to talk about um, how to cope with the current, uh, well, maybe recession. I don't know whether we we officially call it a recession yet, but uh, at, at least here in, in the Netherlands and in the UK, we don't have an official recession yet, but we're all experiencing something like it, I would almost have to say, within sales. So um, the, the topic we're going to talk about today is how to cope with that from, from a sales and marketing perspective and, perspective and how to uh, align your teams to that. So you already um mentioned marketing and sales alignment what 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 exactly do you mean by marketing and sales alignment because i hear that terminology a lot i love to hear it from you uh, because you you're you're also from the sales mm. background i typically hear it from the marketing background sales and marketing mm-hmm. alignment i don't hear a lot of sales people talking about it. what what do you mean by marketing and sales alignment so i think it when done well i mean it it, it sounds 
simple in 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 concept but i think the when you get into the details of course it starts to become much more challenging in the real world but it, essentially it is the uh, process by which those people across those two teams come together to share goals to share objectives um, to agree on um, not only what those objectives are, but, for example, the results, the key results that um, they will use to measure progress against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then probably when done really well, um, they also align the next level down in terms of what are the things, what are the projects, what are the initiatives um, that those teams are going to do separately and together that drive towards the achievement of those key results. Uh, and, you know, uh, for those that, 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 that are familiar with it, I'm sure they recognize the OKR type um, framework that I've referenced there. Certainly, it's one that we use here very successfully at, at Highspot. But ultimately, it's about shared goals, shared effort, shared energy. It's about honest communications. Uh, and, and most importantly, it's about shared uh, shared metrics and measures. And I think if you can have honest conversations around all those things, you go a long way uh, to 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 uh, driving that coordinated movement that, uh, that 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 drives towards the alignment. So so given all the experience that you have and all the companies that you've seen, I don't know if I'm phrasing this too boldly, but h- how big of a problem do you see? How how let's say how worse are are we off in this sales and marketing alignment? Is it is it that bad? Um, certainly, it's a it's a topic that um, I've been hearing about in many of the conversations that I have at all levels within sales and marketing functions for twenty plus years. Right, so it's not new. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, more specifically, though, Elias, um, and this may help in terms of quantifying it. Um, we did uh, a re- we did a study that was conducted by a, a third party, so entirely in- independent of us. Uh, and we went out to um, uh, several hundred sales and marketing professionals across the UK, Germany, and France last year. Mm-hmm. And in that report, 71% of the sales and marketing respondents to it, and as I say, there was about 750 of them, actually, um, 71% of them agreed that a lack of alignment between their teams was having a negative impact on revenue. Wow, seventy-one percent. That's seven out of ten. Wow, that's that's a lot. So, and that's salespeople that you interviewed, or is it marketers? Sales and marketing. Sales and marketing. So both okay. sides of that discussion, absolutely. So we do have a problem. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and we and look and we see it every day, right? I mean, you 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 talk to a talk to a CMO, and they will tell you, you know, the old adage in marketing is the CMO will say hey, 50% of my content is working. I just don't know which 50%. Yeah, that's that's very recognizable. So um, the obvious question here would be, like, what, what kind of solutions do you see? Because um, you already mentioned sharing goals is one of the most important things. So sharing goals between marketing and sales team. So in, in fact, actually... Having a revenue team together is what, what is that what you're saying? Uh, I, I think um, I, I'm commenting less on um, the organizational structure. That's that's not 
what I'm suggesting. And indeed, um, organizational structure in and of itself, in my experience, doesn't really solve um, always for the um, for the challenges. Um, but it is very much about having the the honest, open uh, conversations, create an environment where they can take place so that people can have the discussions and particularly in the environment we're in at the moment uh, where um, economic headwinds are starting to bite, where without a doubt, whether we're in recession or not, who cares, budgets are constrained more than they've been over the last decade. In those environments, it's about how do you create a space where people across different functions can, can come together to agree what 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 is important, what really matters, what do we need to get done? How are we going to agree to hold ourselves accountable to that, the measures? And then what are the things that we are going to do to drive towards achievement of those goals and those aspirations? And whether your reporting line is up through sales, whether it's up through marketing, whether you bring those two together, you know, um, there's certainly been a trend in the technology industry of bringing in uh, presidents of field marketing that tend to have both of those reporting uh, lined under them. However you do it organizationally, what matters is you have the conversations, not necessarily how you structure the teams. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So. Um... How how would would organizations have to start in realizing this? Because obviously, when you say like seventy one percent of sales and marketers recognize these alignment problems, um, you you probably have ideas on on how to start doing this. Because um, I I would say it's easier said than done, and you have some experiences in actually achieving this. So, what would be some practical tips for 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 companies and and CMOs and CSOs potentially to to start realizing this, um, I think that um, one of the most important things um, is you know the the any journey starts with the first step, and so I think that progress versus perfection is is you know is something that that should be forefront of our minds here. Right. We don't have to solve all of the, the, the issues that one might have. We don't have to take away all of the misalignment. But one of the things that we can do is to start some, with something that, that, is, that is small, something that is very achievable, that starts to help us as an organization learn to have those conversations, learn to trust and increase the trust between, uh, between teams. Um, you know, and one of the areas perhaps to start looking at is is around when you think about marketing, right? And what I've just said around, you know, the old adage of fifty percent of the content goes, you know, goes unusual. Fifty percent is working, fifty percent don't know which fifty percent. Um, you know, one of the areas one might start to look at is to um, bring some order and structure to that content because one of the things that salespeople always want is relevant content. They want to have that piece of content that is appropriate to the discussions that they're having with a particular buyer in a particular industry. They might want to have a, a case study, a, a testimonial, a white paper. Uh, and, and one of the areas that actually impacts very significantly how content is used uh, and how effective it, it is, is making that content easy for salespeople to find. 
um, and uh, having a shared uh, resource, a shared single source, a, a, a single place for salespeople to go to, to find the content that they need at the point of need um, is something that is going to save them a very significant amount of time. The other thing it does for the marketing team is that it gives them better control over the brand, over the messaging. It, it helps to avoid those terrible situations where, uh, um, you know, we've all done this in the past. I know I have earlier in my career. I would download perhaps a white paper or, a, you know, or a case study onto my laptop. And every time I needed it, I would just pull it up from my laptop. But of course, over time, um, uh, you know, those case studies perhaps go out of publication or are updated. And if mm-hmm. you've got thousands of copies of that or hundreds of copies of that across uh, the, uh, the, the the laptops of frontline people, it's really hard to um, to have that governance and that control of the brand. So I would say one of the great places to start is to look at content and how chaotic that content is, what the experience is for the frontline and how you can start to bring some structure and order to that, because there are very significant tangible benefits for both sales and marketing. And hey, here's the other thing, right? We mustn't forget the customer. There's nothing worse than customers receiving out-of-date information. And some of our work with Siemens, just to um, uh, just to bring this to light, um, and, I, and I'll be sensitive to some of the numbers here, but prior to working with um, with Highspot, and there are other technologies that you can do this through, right? But prior to working with Highspot, um, the experience for an employee of Siemens was they had to go to one of um, many hundreds of different SharePoints to find the content that they needed at, at the point yeah. at which they needed it. Yeah. Um, we They now have a single source of truth where they can go to and find the content they need. And on average, they are finding that content in less than 19 seconds. So this is what I mean, right? A huge efficiency gain for for those in field sales, but also very tight control and governance for the marketing teams there in terms of the product information and the literature that's going out to the customer. Cool. I I love that because that, Basically, the sales enablement solution that you're talking about merges the two worlds of sales and marketing together. And I've worked in both uh, on both sides, right? So um, at big companies as well. And um, I think um, a lot of marketers underestimate how uh, how 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 difficult it is for salespeople to find the right content um, because uh, we put it on on all kinds of uh, shared drives, like you said, uh, like a lot of companies use use either like a binder or a Google Drive or a Dropbox or 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 some SharePoint solution or a OneDrive or whatsoever. It's content is everywhere and it's updated all the time. And in marketing, we all assume that sales sales will pick it up somehow. They'll look on that drive, but in in practice they don't, and you can't expect them to do that. So. Um, being being a, an outside sales rep at at for example Siemens, I can imagine there's like literally hundreds of documents to or pieces of content. It could be PowerPoints, it could be PDFs, it could be um, uh, stories, it could be videos, it was whatsoever. But 
you can't find them and and they're literally worthless if 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 your sales people can't find them and yeah this, uh, this really is merging it together absolutely and and you know a, a very large and significant part of why and actually, we did a, 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 another study that indicated that 65% of content goes unused. So look, whether the number's 50%, 65%, 40%, irrespective of that, it represents a huge drain on budgets. And I think the important thing here is you know, that, that technology is not going to solve everything. The conversations have to take place, as we've just discussed. But you know, by taking practical steps forward like this, making that content available, um, not only does it drive up usage, it also impacts the customer experience and hopefully drives out to revenue. Mm -hmm. um, but it also allows marketers to start to understand, um, uh, more importantly, what content is working, which pieces of content are having the biggest impact on the customer journey, which pieces of content are driving particular revenue outcomes. And of course, that's hugely invaluable in the world of constrained budgets because, you know, we we can no longer afford to spend money on things that we think might work. Every day, we are all accountable for showing the impact of of, of the work that we do and the money that we spend. And so, especially in 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 today's world where we have the constraints on budgets, we really do need to get to the bottom of uh, of what is working and what is not. And the starting point of that is making sure that the content is structured, is ordered, and is immediately findable by 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 those in the field. If it's Absolutely. not, it's simply not going to get used, and you're not going to get the insight that you need to uh, to be successful. So true, and I love especially what you're saying here is that that well, technology is not going to solve the problem, but it is going to make you or help you to make the right decisions to save on budgets to find out what works and the other thing that i that i personally have seen here is that um we're talking about sales enablement here and high spot is a sales enablement solution right so um from what i've seen is that um market marketing has seen a, a huge let's say wave of all kinds of technologies right over the year so i think i think it was yes. scott brinker that came out with that martech landscape in 2011 or 12 and we've seen hundreds of thousands and hundreds to thousands of technologies emerging right in martech and sales tech always was a little behind that from what i've seen right so there's sales technology landscapes now as well but yes. within sales it's for a long time, the only technology that that had had been used was CRM, mm -hmm. which is just a reactive piece of well, it's just a Rolodex, right? So if garbage in, garbage out, it's not helping you proactively. Where sales enablement software is really helping you proactively to do a better job. One hundred percent. Yeah, and that's that's why I love this this new wave of technology and. Um, the thing, however, I see is that in, in the U.S., and we have a lot of listeners from the U.S. that, that probably are familiar with sales enablement, I have, I've, I've, I've seen a little slow kind of adoption in Europe. Is that something you recognize as well? Are we behind here in Europe compared to the U.S.? I think when you look, and this is not, not exclusive, there are you know, some European-grown um, technologies, but um, 
If we look broadly across sales tech and martech, often because of the size of the market, the homogenous nature of the market, you know, you're 300 million people in the US all broadly speaking one language, right? There's there's a lot of opportunity. And so the market conditions often drive um, this, this pace of innovation, particularly around technology. And we've all seen that over the last 10, 20 years. Um, and so it's quite often that, that um, you know, if I think back to my my first foray into MarTech was all around email. Uh, and, and when we started to move away from direct mail to email, which kind of dates me, right, in terms of how old I am. But you know, when I started my career, there was no such thing as email, um, which is crazy to think about. Um, you know, but my point is that that we've seen these waves of innovation and, and they've um they've they've all been about trying to do broadly i think more with less or trying to 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 do things more efficiently and effectively and you're quite right the last real innovation for salespeople was 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 around crm right and that's when salesforce rose to dominance with its no software um uh, um approach uh, replacing some of the old uh, old systems uh, that some of your listeners may have used and that was the last evolution, and I think we're 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 in a really interesting um, point, uh, and there is a huge opportunity, in my humble opinion, for um, not just for European organisations, but those across the world that haven't yet embraced sales enablement, because it is all about driving revenue productivity, and in economic conditions such as we're in at the moment just doing what you did yesterday may not get you the results you need in in what is a is a very very recently changed market right the market conditions compared to even six months ago are, are fundamentally different mm-hmm. um, we are all expected to grow way more efficiently and and just doing more of the same stuff that we did 12 months ago probably isn't going to work and I also would suggest that whilst we need to be conscious about where we're spending, I also do not think that simply cutting costs is a way to get to that efficiency. I think what we have to do as leaders at every level in business is to look at how do we get more productivity? How do we drive more efficiency? And in the world of sales and marketing, one of the most effective ways we can do that is to drive the productivity of our individuals on the front line. It's all about helping them, you know, equipping them, training them, and then coaching them on the knowledge, the skills, and the behaviors that they need to be successful. And I think that's why, actually, um, perversely, the, 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 the economic challenges, I think, have actually strengthened demonstrably the need for sales enablement and many of the customers that we're speaking to are, are kind of coming to that conclusion themselves and we've seen that reflecting in the growth that, that we've had over the last couple of years i i love it and so um we've already we're already at the end of the interview because we we we, we're, we have been talking for 20 minutes and it's it's flown by so it's it's uh i'd say so um the thing I I really like about the last thing you said here is that well, sales enablement is, is going to help you to work more efficient and be more productive within sales and align with your marketing. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share a 
link to HighSpot's website where people can find everything on sales enablement and download the research that you just just mentioned. And I'm going to share a link to your LinkedIn profile as well. So people that, that are thinking um, and, and want to know more about this, they might want to connect with you. They can find you on LinkedIn. Um, and with that, I would like to thank you very much for being on the Marketing Technology Podcast, Andy Champion. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.